0: Deep Nerder contains explicit content. It is also fact check ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it in the coffin. In, in, in the reality of how much we have to cut out to make it make sense, 11 minutes is pretty damn good. Am I proud of it? No. But is it on the right track? Absolutely.
1: My favorite part is when we go, both go, okay, we'll cut this part out, and then you never do.
0: Sometimes it's <laughs> relevant. But we can use this as a segue right now. Good Let's Destroy that 11 minutes and introduce ourselves immediately.
1: Oh, I thought this was going to be a like 11 minute segue into the 10 second. <laughs> hi, hi! But no, regardless, uh, hi,
0: I'm Jill. And my name is Kelsey.
1: And you are listening to.
0: Damn. Murder. murder! Where we talk about nostalgia and murder. Why? Because this is the shit that we like
1: so two of my favorite topics
0: it's actually really fun i truly truly enjoy doing the background on these now i am here for it so hopefully (laughs) i just get better and less painful to listen to but hey we don't know
1: i'm like the polar opposite i'm like what how can i connect a weird crime into this topic when i can't find a crime on the topic i have to play like the connection game and I'm like this works don't worry I'll make it work
0: connect four.
1: Oh, it's it's usually more than four points <laughs> that it takes me to get somewhere if I'm gonna be honest
0: Jill's at home in her room with like a red spider web behind her like <laughs> this is this connects to this
1: and then this goes here and then it goes all the way to the top I turned around <laughs> and looked behind me because I was like I have a red spider web and then I was like no I don't those are plant lights <laughs>
0: she's having visual hallucinations
1: oh shit no it's fine sponsored by drugs no
0: no yes not yet hit me up (laughs) we'll do a whole episode on mushrooms and see see if we even remember remember to hit the record button
1: oh my god could you imagine if we didn't horrible My favorite place to be when I'm doing drugs is on a big, comfy couch.
0: Okay, so that's good. Thank you. (laughs) So without further ado, this episode is on the one, the only, the big, comfy couch. (laughs) Or for anyone in France and or Quebec, Le Monde du Lunette. I probably... We'll talk to that. We'll talk to
1: that. We I thought we already talked that like talking isn't your strong
0: point. Nope. So someone I decided to give myself a podcast because I can't talk good.
1: <laughs> I like it. It's immersion therapy.
0: Immersion therapy. I'm winning every day. Okay. So the big comfy couch. Lemon du lunette. Way to go me Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) It's a Canadian children's television series, which is about a clown named Lunette and her doll Molly, who solve everyday problems on their big, comfy couch. Oh, I heard your kitty. Yep.
1: Yep. It's second dinner time, so we'll see what happens.
0: It aired from March 2nd, 1992 until December 29th, 2006. It was produced by Cheryl Wagner. Uh, Ms. Wagner is also known for her work on Fraggle Rock, Sesame Street, and Mr. Dress Up. Um, Ooh, also Fraggle Rock. I by... know, right? So good. Uh, so Cheryl was like a badass puppeteer, essentially. She worked. She did a lot of work on the Jim Henson show. I had to, I had to look her up because I was just like, how does she keep getting cooler? Yeah. And I think currently she Right? And I think right now she lives uh, in your... Your girlfriend's hometown. I think she settled down in PEI.
1: Dang, that's a choice. That's called an affordable choice.
0: Or she really likes fresh seafood because she's just living on that big puppet money. Uh,
1: it's like you don't even need big puppet money. That that place is amazing. I've never. You can have it. you can have small puppet money and be fine.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Also, sorry, fully shafted this dude. It was also produced by Robert Mills. However, Cheryl is known as the creator. So, good job, Robert. Way to go, Cheryl.
1: Puppets uh, are five stars. Shows puppets with puppets, puppets are pretty damn... They're more realistic to me than CGI sometimes. Remember Gremlins? Not... Yeah, not, do you remember the Labyrinth?
0: No, 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 no. wait, not Gremlins. Uh, de- uh, demons? When they're in, like, a theater and the demons all come up, that they look like the Gremlins? Is that the right one?
1: I think you're having a fever dream.
0: I'm not. I'm right. You don't. You don't know. Okay. Well, well, whatever. It's not important. (laughs) (laughs) Talking. Yeah. So directed by Wayne Moss, Robert Mills, and Steve Wright. It premiered on March 2nd, 1992. Like I mentioned, in Canada, January 9th, 1995, in the United States, on PBS. So
1: PBS killing it again.
0: Right. What is it?
1: PBS. yes (laughs)
0: sponsored by now i now i do sound effects hire me the program was also broadcast on treehouse tv from 1997 to 2011
1: remember treehouse treehouse yeah treehouse was such a good like solid invention for parents to have like a pretty relatively safe channel for their kids to like binge watch when they didn't want to hire a babysitter
0: same with pbs yeah they're like learn shit magic school bus arthur all I think about is Arthur clenching his fist. <laughs> that meme. What was his sister's name again? DW. Oh, we went over sorry. this in another podcast. <laughs> Same question. I, I block it out because I'm the older sibling and I'm like, ugh, DW, get out of here. She's okay. Dora Winifred Reed. Gross. All right. Each episode, back on track, each episode contains numerous standard elements that take place throughout the episode. In each show, Lunette performs an exercise routine she calls the clock rug stretch. Mm-hmm. Remember when she lays yeah. on that rug and she like how many times try. did you try to do that? Because I so many. Crazy. And then I never really
1: understood that she her legs like weren't actually over her head. And I was like, How is she so flexible? Smoking
0: mirrors, baby. <laughs> Other often repeated elements included reading a storybook to Molly of Molly's mm-hmm. choosing because this puppet was alive. Actually, Molly was called a living doll, which freaks me out, but. Whatever. Like Chucky. Yeah, exactly. Actually, exactly like Chucky. All right. Molly would give Lunette a, a book and oversized sunglass or sorry, reading glasses to help her read. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. With
1: no frames, just like the 2000s hipsters.
0: Totally. Or I mean, all frames.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Molly would help her turn the lights on and off and sometimes she would even encounter dust bunnies who live under the couch.
1: They're so cute.
0: They're crazy cute. Uh, I will add that all of these props in each episode come from the couch. So I don't know. Remember they were like pulling them out from under the couch? Oh yeah, everything's just or stored in the cushions. In the cushions. Sorry, not under, in the couch, yeah. the cushions. And then if she drops something on the ground,
1: Brown, that's when you'd like see the dust bunnies be like bewr, 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 and they'd like investigate whatever the heck it was
0: that was the exact sound i think they made
1: i hope so because in my head that's the sound they made but i can't remember so in my head they make that sound i think that was right
0: anyways we can fact check it later
1: that's so. your job
0: <laughs> yeah. yay stuff Luna and Molly would also visit different places around Clowntown, sing songs that emphasize the episode's lesson or theme, and go on trips to Granny Garbanzo's garden.
1: hmm uh-huh.
0: There they would encounter Stickle Fritz, Granny's cat, Major Bedhead, the local mail delivery clown who travels <laughs> on a unicycle, and of course, Granny Garbanzo herself. I don't know why that started to sound Irish. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the conversation... Mm -hmm. nothing okay the The conversation with Granny is often used as the episode's teachable moment where Granny offers Lunette advice or lessons often with the help of Major Bedhead who delivers gifts and messages from Auntie Macassar or Uncle Chester towards the end of the show Lunette finds her belongings cluttered on the floor and says hey who made this big mess (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh, right? And then the camera would like whoop and then the (laughs) camera would like nod if she was like, who me? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, you live here alone and you're seven.
0: Literally, the next thing I'm gonna say. The camera would zoom in (laughs) on either Lunette or Molly, in which she asks if it was either her or Molly, and the camera would quickly pan up and down as if it were saying yes. Then Lunette explains, it's only fair for that sorry, it's only fair that they have to clean it up. And she performs. The fastest cleanup routine called the 10-second tidy. All episodes end with Lunette and Wally having a nap and sometimes reminding the viewers to remember the lessons of the day's episode. After Lunette and Molly go to sleep, a large crescent moon with a clown nose rises above the starry background behind the couch, and the credits roll over a lullaby version of the theme song, ending with Lunette doing a short role play of Hey Diddle Diddle by saying, And the clown jumped over the moon. I don't know if you remember that at the end of it. I remember that. Ah, it's in our brains. It's in our brains where like, important shit should be, but it's that instead.
1: That 10-second tidy, that was such a great way I feel like my mom would be like, oh, do a 10-second tidy, but I'd, like, panic. And then that's when I started learning to just shove things in drawers. And now as an adult, I have no rhyme or reason to the chaos I create, but I put things in weird piles. So I wouldn't say I'm, like, super clean, but I'd say, like, I just have organized piles. Because I panic when I have to clean, and I just shove things places now because of that damn 10-second tidy.
0: It was a really good way to get your children to engage in cleaning and introduce them to healthy anxiety. Oh
1: my god, the healthiest. Didn't follow me to adulthood at all. Nope. Not whatsoever. (laughs) And the 10 seconds in the show was so much longer than 10 seconds.
0: I haven't double-checked it, but I remember it like that, yeah.
1: I used to, like, sit there and try and figure out if it was, like, one, two, three, four, or if it was, like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Like, I couldn't figure out the pattern they were using to count because it always felt like it was way longer.
0: I think it was one lunette the clown, two lunette the clown, three Oh, lunette my th-
1: gosh. I wish they included that in the opening or credits.
0: one limon dou- lunette, <laughs> two limon dou- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only yeah. in in in
0: Quebec. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Where was I? There, there. In seasons one to three, and in one episode of season five, there is an alphabet game segment where certain a certain letter is shown on a giant alphabet block, and Lunette uses certain words beginning with that letter, and also makes the letter shape with her body so the viewers could guess that said letter. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. In Season 7, Lunette and Molly play the dream game, and Molly gives out the letter that the dream starts with and, provide, and provides what they will be dreaming about. That's so cute. In Season 6, Lunette and Molly go to doll school, where Molly learns the alphabet as well as her numbers. How many well, kids do you think
1: are named Lunette?
0: I hope a, I hope a, a nice amount. Like more Lunettes than
1: Khaleesi's, or more Khaleesi's to Lunette's? Oh my god! Everyone thinks my name is Khaleesi, and it makes me crazy. Well, changing that at in your file at work. Yeah, I uh, you know
0: what? I shouldn't say it doesn't make me crazy because like she's a really dope character, but it's just after it was like before that everyone was like, "Hey, Chelsea," and I was like, "No, no, no, it's Kelsey." And then after uh, that show came out, they were like Khaleesi, and I was like, "No, no, 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 it's Kelsey Lee." <laughs> Not <that. laughs> same,
1: same, but it's different.
0: It. Yeah. Okay. All right. Along with the lessons in problem-solving sequences, the show also emphasized imaginative play. That's like, I really
1: appreciate that. Yeah, right? I Very lost happy. my imagination when I got older.
0: Yeah, dude, my job is hard because my imagination is slowly leaking out of my ears. Every single day. Alright, episodes often take place in the context of a visit to Clowntown, uh, such as Granny Garbanzo's Cabbage Club Cooking School and Major Bedhead's Clown Chi Dojo and Dancing School. <laughs> Additionally, Lunette is a gift is gifted in the art of classical dance and later would run Miss Lunette's Dance Academy. Mm. Get it, little clown girl. Uh, starting in season seven, Lunette makes more frequent trips to Clowntown and she volunteers at the Are You Ready for This Most Adorable Name? <laughs> Yes. She volunteers at the Clounder Garden.
1: Oh my god. Clounder Garden? Yep. That sounds like a like a very European style of soup. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> children's soup.
1: Do you want the clam chowder, or can I introduce you in a bowl of Clounder Garden?
0: With a nice... What's that wine? Guten... Girls are meaner. Gert's demeanor. Uh, yes, the one. Gert's demeanor. Damn, that was good. We are meaner. Okay. I learned that
1: from a winery. Thank you. I like
0: how you knew where I was going. I'm like, the goot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's not rosé, so I knew that.
1: <laughs> uh, one it's one or the meaner. other.
0: I also, is goot, what else is goot?
1: The Guggenheim?
0: No, isn't that like, like a, not like a chode, it's like a goot. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Well, I've never heard that, so I don't know what you do in whatever podunk city you're from, (laughs) but it's it's not
0: that. Isn't it like a a part... Whatever. It's not... I should... uh, Okay. Back to Clounder I'll see myself out. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Clounder where she teaches young clowns games, songs, and stories.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Pull it back together. All right. This imaginative play was also demonstrated through dress-up games and through Lunette's Dollhouse, in which she imagined the adventures of the Folly family. Shown oh first God, as, I love them. right? For, shown first as a doll-sized family in Lunette's imagination. <laughs> they would become a family of regular sized clowns whose nonverbal but high-energy activities were shown in high speed with a musical background in the style of old silent movies. Now, you can see I sent you a Google Drive link.
1: I fully remember them, and the dad just looks like such a dad. And the kid is just, the kid looks like the teenage boy from Zits. It looked, and that, well,
0: the dad and the mom look like they're from Cheers.
1: (laughs) Yep. Basically. And then they were so, like, cartoonish, like, they were very, like, over exaggerative.
0: Well, there's, like, that's the thing, right? It was done in the old silent style film, like, old silent film style, where, you're, there wasn't any speaking, so the actions were all very over-exaggerated and large uh, in order to like keep the audience engaged and fully understanding what was happening, right? So.
1: Mm-hmm. And they don't have mouths.
0: Nope, no mouths. We don't have time for that shit. They are, There are two dust bunny characters, small puppeteer dust creatures that live underneath Lunette's couch. They also appear in many episodes of the show, although Molly discovered the dust bunnies early in the first season, for most of the show's run, Lunette doesn't believe Molly that they're even
1: there. Well, I mean, the doll... I'm glad that the talking doll found doll. the dust under the couch and the clown who believes the doll can talk is like, nah, there's no dust bunnies. Well, yeah, because she
0: does a 10-second tidy every day and she's like, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I, I totally cleaned under there. Lunette, you're a liar. Okay. Characters of the show. Let's do this. Lunette. Lunette is the freckled-faced female lead of the series, portrayed by Allison Court, from 1996 to 2002, and Ramona Gilmore Darling, gorgeous, in 2006. So on the drive, I put both their pictures up so you can see. They she switched didn't... her. Yeah, but I mean, the, they really look so similar in makeup. I, you and I probably didn't. Even oh yeah, like, they, hey, they, they kind of have, have the
1: same like. Mm-hmm. Yeah I can see it They have like the same eyes Well and when they
0: were both in the Lunette outfit It was like they did a really good job casting
1: I mean you do just put on a nose And a hat it covers most of your face too So I get that That's pretty chill
0: Freckles. Uh, I just realized that all the girls these, And maybe guys But all the people There's more than two genders All the people are getting Lunette the clown freckles Tattooed to their face these days Guilty. Which is great which is great. I love it. It's cute.
1: Guilty, guilty, young. guilty.
0: You as well. She is a young clown living with her doll Molly in their house, and on the eponymous big, comfy couch—an oversized green floral couch—she wears a pink jumper, a white shirt with suns and moons, uh, with suns and moons on it, and purple sleeves. She also wears a purple hat on her head with her pigtails coming out from the side, which I fucking love. It's so cute. They're coming out of the hat. Black and white striped tights with black shoes adorned with suns on each side. Lunette is a dream. I'd wear that outfit. I, You do wear that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd wear it. Five stars. <laughs> Molly. Molly is the sidekick of the series as Lunette's living doll. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Lunette found, her, <laughs> Lunette found her in a barrel with a sign marked free to a good home. <laughs> Aw, <laughs> baby. Molly's puppeteered by Bob Stutt. Molly wears a blue, occasionally yellow dress. She believes that dust bunnies really exist despite Lunette's disbelief. Her favorite food is donuts. She only speaks by cartoon bubbles and usually answers Lunette's questions by nodding yes or no. Now, on the drive, I put a picture of Molly talking so you could see her on her,
1: her little speechy bubble oh it's just like a yeah
0: the little bubble pops up with like a drawing of whatever she wants and Lunetta i remember thinking.
1: she Lunetta was always
0: like see it
1: somehow yeah she was always thinking about donuts every <laughs> time she was hungry it was just like a donut that's why that's like relatable it. content okay
0: fan favorite fuzzy and wuzzy bum, 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 bum. puppeteered and voiced by bob stutt and robert mills they are the twin dust bunnies who live under the big comfy couch. Only Molly is aware of their existence and, as always, does, or sorry, and she always does her best to protect them so that she can play with them. Adorable. She's like keeping a secret pet. I did that once.
1: <laughs> Made out of
0: dust. No, it was a real cat.
1: Oh, well, that's my, better then.
0: <laughs> my dad was like, I'm allergic to cats. And I was like, I don't believe you. I think you just don't like it. So I brought a cat home and I had it for like a week and a half. And then I, Told him because I was like,
1: "You're not allergic."
0: There's a cat. Sorry, you're a liar. Yeah, surprise, cat. I did the same thing, and and we still have the cat to this day. Oh, mine definitely died ages ago. Rest oh, no, in this, peace. This one is going strong. Nice. The Folly family, Andy, by um, I guess these were costumes played by Fred Stinson, Jim. Jenny lousen and eileen eileen must be eileen eileen well I, maybe whatever <laughs> played by jackie harris for seasons one and two and susan merriam for seasons three and five i'm picking the names okay i'm reading them. <laughs> <laughs> You can people, just see me laughing. People can call me Chelsea and Khaleesi. I can call Eileen. Eileen.
1: <laughs> it's like Eileen, like, come on, Eileen. Come on, Eileen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nope, it's Eileen. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eileen. Don't tell her how to say her name. She hates that. <sighs> uh, okay, so the Foley family is a very silly family who live inside of Lunette's dollhouse. They appear from seasons one through five. Granny Garbanzo played mm-hmm. by Grindle hmm. Katrika Katrika Bex alright <laughs> it's probably not even right Whatever. Lunette's grandmother uh, and next door neighbor who loves her and Molly she comes from the old country and has a foreign Russian accent I like how they're like foreign Russian accent yeah Gra- <laughs> Granny also likes growing in her garden, and she lives inside a wagon with Snuggle Fritz, her cat. Her name is derived from the garbanzo bean. Pretty sure we got that. Yep. I got that. Snuggle Fritz, puppeteered by Bob Stutt, Granny's cat, who was introduced in season two. They like to play pranks on the others and sometimes tries to get out of getting flea baths, obviously, the name Snicklefritz comes from slang in German. So I looked it up. So Snickelfritz, the meaning is a child, especially a mischievous, noisy child, especially as a nickname or term of endearment. Alternatively, though... Ooh, is this an urban dictionary definition? Maybe. Yes. Alternatively, though in all, lo- a lo- all lowercase form of Snickle Fritz, is slang for a random strain of marijuana that has low potency.
1: <laughs> shit! Holler at me some Snick Fritz.
0: Maybe not, that sounds like garbage weed. Okay. <laughs> Basically, Snickle Fritz sounds like Mad Cat from Inspector Gadget, or like Lucifer from Cinderella. He's kind of yeah, like Snick Fritz. Shit. He also kind of makes me think of Beasley from Care Bears. Remember Beasley's laugh, where he's like, da, 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 da. Yes! i nailed that <laughs> no
1: i didn't snickle fritz to me sounds like a little like a rat who would always want like to be holding one of those like strange kind of butter crackers and it would be like <laughs>
0: and you'd be like snickle fritz give me that damn cracker like yeah fast forward and it's just Crookshanks from harry potter
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah we're that yeah okay major bedhead fred stinson the local town courier who makes deliveries to Lunette from Auntie Macassar or Uncle Chester. He can be quite goofy at times, a bit clumsy. He also hates lying and being dishonest. I I feel like I had a crush on him when I was little, but I'm not for sure.
1: No, I thought he was really cool. Because so he cool. also like came in on his unicycle and his hair like stuck out and I was like, What a cool guy. But yeah. I, I also had a crush on the like sun dinosaur from the show Dinosaurs. Oh my so God
0: everyone had a crush on that kid what was his name mikey i
1: don't
0: know. Or something like that yeah and he had the like spike that kind of like
1: tugged down in the front like an emo bang and all the girls were like do i like a dinosaur why am i so confused
0: yeah (laughs) i mean hey i'll take a i'll take a puppet dinosaur over a cartoon for sure at least that makes a smidgen more sense in the there's a human in there Right? Except yeah. for it's not going to be who you think it is.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, Catfish crimes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I need
0: Neve Shul- sh- with that guy from Catfish. Neve! <laughs> Neve and Max. We got Catfish by a puppet dinosaur. Okay.
1: <laughs> the therapy <laughs> we need. Oh my god.
0: I oh feel like he proposed to me but I've never seen him in person. Who is he? <laughs> oh. Be like the mass
1: Singer. Ah,
0: uh, Okay. Auntie MacArthur. Oh, wait, Major Bedhead, picture of him on the drive. Also, Auntie Macassar, picture of her on the drive. Um, I always thought Auntie Macassar
1: was so cool. She was always traveling.
0: Exactly. She is the coolest. So that's uh, Tabra Johnson, so Lunette's traveling aunt who likes to make an entrance whenever she visits. She appears in seasons one through five. Her name is a pun on on Auntie Macassar. Uh, so I had to look that up because I didn't know what that was. And it's a piece of cloth that you put over the back of your chair to protect it from dirt or grease as an ornate ornament.
1: So it's like one of those little, like, so like pieces of but, shit. Little, yeah, but, like, like, they put them on an airplane or a bus or something. Like a coach like a, bus.
0: Like a doily. So I don't know why that was a good pun for her. because she seemed Probably because, like,
1: anti-doily doesn't sound as good as anti-Macassar. That's true, but...
0: She's so cool. She's so cool. And Dima with her, she has her fun hat and her beautiful hair and her pearls. And she has like, long white gloves,
1: too. Oh, yeah. She's classy, bitch.
0: She knows what's up. She's traveling around. And she's also like, I'm, I don't want COVID. No, I'm not going to touch anything. Okay. Uncle Chester, played by Edward Knuckles. Excuse me, sir. How cool is
1: that? That's a legit name.
0: Dude. Lunette's traveling uncle who appears in the show's last two seasons. So I also put Uncle Chester in the drive. Uncle Chester is also a straight-up gentleman. He has a brown suit with a red bow tie and a cool, cool, like, safari hat with arrows on the top. I don't know why, but I like it.
1: Yep, he's got a safari hat on. It's Yeah.
0: Yep, okay. So, the production... The show was originally produced by Radical Sheep Productions with Owl Television, later Owl Communications, then Canadian television networks YTV and WITF-TV Harrisburg, with a run of 65 episodes. In 2000, the previous episodes were produced with Betty Smart, a U.S. children's television production company, Tadpool Kids and Treehouse TV, a sister channel of YTV, and Nashville Public Television. At the end of the show, previously produced by Benny Smart, a companion guide appears for the viewers to learn about it. From 1992 to 2002, the show was filmed at Wallace Avenue Studios in Toronto, and in 2006, it was filmed at the Toronto uh, Studio City. So, that's fun. All right, so interesting facts. In 2015 and 2016... Radical Sheep, in, associate, in association with Sticky Brain Studios, released some app based on the series, it's like applications. So they released an app called Just Ask Molly, released April 1st, 2015. This app allows the player to ask Molly any questions, and she communicates to the player via Thought Bubbles.
1: <laughs> Can I get that still?
0: I don't know. I didn't look, but try it. But you're going to like the next one. The Fuzzy Wuzzy Run. Released April first, oh my God, yes. This app features the dust bunnies Fuzzy and Wuzzy playing hide and seek. The objective, the sorry, the objective is for the players to help them find each other by navigating through paths.
1: Neither of these apps exist on my Google Play Store. <laughs> okay,
0: well, I'll check mine later. All right, Clock Rug Time. Released May eighteenth, twenty fifteen. This app features Lunette. And her clock rug stretch routine. Lunette can set the time for the player in both analog and digital. This can also be used as an alarm clock. Damn. And the it doesn't app exist. Also display the weather and temperature based on location. The fuck? Why not? I'll check
1: later on my phone. So I t- typed in clock rug as one word. And then my phone was like, did you mean clock rug time with spaces between everything? And I was like, fuck yeah. And I clicked it. And it's like, mm, yeah, it still doesn't exist. Whatever. Thanks for nothing. All right.
0: Molly's Big Day released May 17th, 2016. This app focuses on Molly and her big first day in Clounder Garden with the use of activities for the player. All right. Now, this is the one I was tr- truly, really excited to tell you about. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just going to... I was trying to figure out how I was going to like explain this to you, but I'm, like, I'm just going to go for it and you just get excited as you get excited. You're
1: I'm here. Okay. I'm Zen. I'm ready. Okay.
0: So, on October eighteenth, twenty sixteen, an episode of This Hour Has Twenty Two Minutes did a segment discussing the twenty sixteen clown sightings. Lunette, the clown, made an appearance on that show. On that show, as the clown correspondent. This oh my God! News. What? I know. This marked the character's first television appearance in a decade since the show's finale in 2006 and the first oh. time Alison Court had portrayed Lunette on TV since her departure in 2002.
1: Damn. What? <laughs> yeah, like, what really a clown true. to bring. Oh, of course I am. What a throwback to bring on... Oh, no, I clicked the wrong button. Ah!
0: So while you're looking that up, they also did some tours. So the Big Country Couch had a few live shows uh, in Edmonton, in the of course the, uh, the Londonderry Mall in Edmonton, Alberta, and sometimes in uh, Calgary, and rarely in Regina, Saskatchewan. I, I don't know why uh, I said Edmonton, Alberta, and Calgary, because that's the same place, but... That's fine. There's
1: literally a picture of Lunette like making like a uh, face and pointing her thumb back at Donald Trump on the internet. And it's one of the best photos I've seen in a long time.
0: Leave it and put that on. Save that for Instagram. Uh, Lunette and Molly did a live theatrical tour. In 2007, a live theatrical production entitled Molly's Full Moon Festival toured Canada. The show included Lunette, Molly, Granny Garbanzo, Major Bedhead, and others. The show was produced by... Koba entertainment and presented by packet uh paquin probably saying that wrong entertainment group and yeah that's my uh, nostalgic throw up of the big country big country big comfy couch <laughs> the big country couch <laughs> doo, doo, doo. <laughs> <Yeehaw>! <laughs> hey this is the kind of content we produce <laughs> you try hard. I, talk I appreciate it. It's any any way it comes out, it's somewhat somewhat comical. I I hope.
1: <laughs> All right, ta-da! Uh, so, in the grand scheme of every week, are you ready for me to bring it down a notch? Uh,
0: I know you're gonna do it anyways, <laughs> so you may as well just ruin my night. <laughs>
1: Yes, I'm here for it. Okay, so as as I told you earlier, I was like, oh, big, comfy couch, and there's clowns, and I didn't want to be a stereotype. I didn't want to do Gacy's, so I wanted to dig a bit deeper, and let me tell you, there's not much.
0: <laughs> or is there much, but it's way, way worse?
1: Like, I didn't want to go into the dark web, because I'm sure there's, like, a lot of really gross stories about people, like, dying and, like kind of melting into their couches, kind of, as you do when you liquefy.
0: Or like Tokyo Gore Police, where they make someone into their couch.
1: Yeah, and I was like, I don't think I want to do that. So instead, uh, using my own brain and my own dots of connections, we are going to talk about Ethan Couch.
0: (laughs) Okay, sick.
1: His last name's
0: Couch. This is where your your red spider web went. This is, it literally went
1: Hmm, big comfy couch, and then I just put a line around couch, and I went, yeah. Like, I
0: like it. I <laughs> like that it. was it. This is this is what we do.
1: So, Ethan Couch was born on April 11th in 1997, uh, and where else would our amazing sorry. case be? Wait, sorry, 1997? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> I hope you're ready. This is some child case.
0: Not like, no 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 not like bad child but like 1997 like i feel old as shit because i was eight yeah this this okay go you go you know what i mean it's recent i will i will save my opinions for later
1: so in the grand scheme of all the cases we cover where everything weird is happening we're going back to our favorite state texas And Mm -hmm. specifically, we're going to Tarrant County. So to kind of put this in perspective from last week's episode, in order to drive to the blockbuster in Dallas, Texas, where last week's crime took place at, it would take about 44 minutes with no traffic. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that's super far. But this is how I'm relating it also, like, for some worldwide where are we's. Wait, did you say 45 minutes? Yeah. We're still in park. Texas. We're just, just in like, a different county. No, so it's, it's pretty so close. close. Yeah. So we're still in the same relative area. So Ethan's parents are Fred and Tanya Couch, and they founded a company called the Clelburn Metal Works, which is a roofing company, and they started it in 1986. So their business is really well. Uh, they may, their business makes an estimated amount of $15 million a year. So they're very well off, but this is one of those classic stories of money can't buy class, bitch. So we're going to learn all about the couches. So Ethan grew up in Burleson, and then when he was 13, uh, the head of his school, so his principal, saw him driving himself to school at the age of 13. And his, you know, he was like, uh, You're 13, sir. You should not be driving. So no. he, no right absolutely not i look at every 13 year old i know and i'm like please lord no <laughs> don't ever drive so when the principal told his dad uh fred snapped and said if like you can't say this to us if i could buy your school in a second because he's oh so God. rich so you know Instead of just being like, maybe my 13 year old shouldn't drive, they pulled Ethan out of that school and then he attended a co op based learning program.
0: So basically, they're like, you can't get in trouble. Don't worry. Yeah. They're Keep like, doing don't as worry. You do. We'll bail yeah. you out. Don't worry. If you're rich, laws don't
1: apply to you. And are so H- white? Oh, oh, they're, yeah, they're definitely like, when you think of Texas. Like, no offense to anybody in Texas, but when you think, like, stereotype, like, Texas kind of looking lady, she's, like, a younger version of what you think that is.
0: The bigger the hair, the closer to God.
1: She's, like, very blonde, very, like, aha! And the dad's kind of just, like, regular, regular kind of Joe, whatever. Interesting. So, at the age of 15, uh, Ethan was caught, parked in a truck... Uh, with alcohol around him and a naked 14-year-old girl. At 15? Yeah. Oh. So, like, shout-out to any party I ever went to in my youth. Sorry, Mom, but, like, I've seen a lot of 15-year-olds drinking, but never in a car and never in this situation.
0: Never in a car and never... Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to criticize anyone for being sexually active before... Or around that age if that was their choice that's not i'm not even, we're not even talking about that whatever that's not there but the the lack of you know what i'm trying to say here
1: yeah girl both you stop that
0: just like get that poor sweet little girl out of that car and back home safe with her parents and get that boy into some form of Listen. emotional support and i don't know
1: if a boy, woman, either, either any, if anybody tries to drive drunk with you in the car, no, thank you. you, say bye-bye. Bye-bye. you That's that. my I'm like you and I safe. So I'll kick those keys into the forest. Oh my god, punt it. <laughs> So, Ethan was charged with minor possession and consumption of alcohol, which he pled no contest to. He got probation, he had to attend uh, an alcohol awareness class, and then he had to do 12 hours of community service.
0: Oh my god, that's great. I didn't think that was coming. Right? Minor, but it's
1: something. Yeah. So we're going to take a minute to talk about those charming, charming parents, Fred and Tanya. So, Fred has been arrested before for theft, evading arrest, and um, in the future, him and Tanya actually do get divorced, Mm. because money can't buy you happiness, and he is actually charged with assault for trying to strangle Tanya. Oh my god. So, like, five-star dude, five-star dude. Uh, Tanya also once used her car in a road rage fit to try and push, she pushed another car off the road with her car, and she was fined $500. Tanya, no. Right? So Fred also has 18 traffic violations, um, one of which is going 95 miles per hour in a 60-mile-per-hour zone. So to break it into good old Canadian into kilometers for us, uh, that'd be about going like 145, 150, and 100 zone.
0: Okay, so basically this child, Ethan? Yeah. Has, like, the worst role models ever because his parents should... Also not be driving, even though they're supposed to be responsible adult people. They're too rich and not
1: responsible enough.
0: Oh my god, someone give them an allowance and calm them down. Mm -hmm.
1: So Fred had been charged with other crimes as well, but they were dismissed because he paid high restitutions for them. So if they were like, hey, you gave us a fraudulent check, he'd be like, oh, well, here's that check plus some, and the charges will get dropped. So he's just buying his way out of shit with money.
0: He's sad, so he's throwing money at problems.
1: My notes literally say not winning role models of the year awards. I love it. Those people need, need
0: big-time therapy. Right? Yeah. So we're going
1: to fast forward to June 15th in the year 2013. Um, I was 24 years old during this time, which feels far yet recent. And I was living in Calgary during this time.
0: Mm-hmm. I You said that. You said that last time. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't say it, but I was like, what a choice.
1: <laughs> I It was a decision I made. Um, I don't know why. And then I do know I was stubborn enough to, to have to stay there to prove to my family and friends that I could make it. Yeah. And, and that's the decision I made
0: well, when I what? was younger. My friend moved to
1: Calgary and she came back with two kids. Oh, I moved there and came back gay. So, I mean, could be worse. Like, I was like, woohoo, boys. And I skipped off to Alberta and I came back in my red plaid shirt and went, what's up, ladies? <laughs> and now here I am. Oh, so,
0: Christy Lee, if you're listening. Shout out. Shout out.
1: <laughs> so this, I, lo- this... I love your
0: kids. I love your kids. I'm just kidding.
1: Love all kids. Don't know. No,
0: hers are are special. I love them. They're good. I love them the most.
1: So we're in June of 2013. So Ethan, he's about 16 years old at this time. Him and seven friends all get into his father's Ford F350 truck, which is a hella expensive truck as far as cars go. Ford F150? 350 oh <laughs> yeah like it's fancy i was literally like what is a f-350 number one i don't know cars number two i do know what f-150 is yeah, so
0: i was like 350
1: like, it's fancy expensive and souped up 350 means more because it it's means a higher bigger number,
0: right and it maybe it i it's shiny
1: <laughs> i was so i was looking up how many people like a truck like this could fit uh i had to stop because i couldn't really find it but it's about five or six and i think it depends if you get like that middle seat that folds down okay in the front so regardless eight people can't fit in it
0: oh wait okay yeah go on
1: yep so ethan and his friends were witnessed on a surveillance camera stealing two cases of beer from a walmart and then they went off to party this
0: kid's an idiot
1: Right. So it's about one hour. It's probably like an hour later. So this is probably around like one in the morning or so. Uh, We're going to go to the side of the highway. It's a two lane highway. And there's a woman named Brianna Mitchell. Her SUV has stalled. So a mother and daughter duo that live close by, their names are Holly and Shelby Boyles they had seen her car like not working so they came out to do the neighborly thing and help uh, as well as there was a car that had been passing by and stopped uh, and it was of a youth minister whose name is brian jennings
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so at this time when all four people are outside this car and looking at it this is when ethan and his friends come racing down this two-lane highway um and they're going 70 miles per hour and this is a 40 mile per hour zone so they're going about like 110 in a 60 zone so they're almost going twice the speed limit i don't like this and they're probably drunk they're drunk um so ethan's truck swerved off his side of the road and crashed into brianna's suv oh which my God, then crashed into, cool. this then crashed into brian's car which then swung out into the road and hit an oncoming car And then Ethan's truck flipped and crashed into a tree. I hate it. So, sadly, Brianna, Brian, Holly, and Shelby, so all four uh, people were killed on impact.
0: When they're just fucking pulling over to help someone because they're like nice human beings.
1: They're all trying to do, like, the nice thing, help somebody out at night. Um, And this asshole thinks he's untouchable. So, there were also two children. Brian's two children were in his car. And there were two passengers in the oncoming car that had been hit by Brian's car, and thankfully none of them were hurt.
0: Oh, that's good. I mean, it's
1: yeah, yeah, okay. So, Ethan and his seven friends all survived, but none of them were wearing seatbelts. And one of his friends, whose name is Sergio Molina, he was 16 at the time, was left in a coma, and now he is fully paralyzed. Oh, buddy. So, when they were arrested... Ethan had a blood alcohol level of 0.24 which is like three times over the limit that like an adult can legally have in their system in Texas and how old is Ethan again he's 16. so as a minor he should have zero so 0.24 is insanely high yeah and
0: um, I don't know is what so I don't know what the states how the states work so 16 did he have like his l or
1: yeah it's like a g I was looking up Texas driving law it's kind of like a GDL system so he he can't have any alcohol in his system, but it's like, uh, it's like an N, kind of, except he can have, I'm pretty sure he can have as many passengers as there are seatbelts, which is what it is in Alberta.
0: Okay, interesting. All right.
1: So he also tested positive for uh, marijuana and diazepam, which is also known as Valium. So he was partying the fuck bro you're 16 years old sir you're 16 get a switch and pray breath of the wild this is the most fun i've ever had and i have been to the club yo and we're 30 (laughs) i am having like i am so excited because i'm like when we are done this i'm gonna play an hour of breath of the wild and accomplish fucking nothing and i'm so excited
0: that's kind of where i'm at now i I just it's getting hard and i just keep cooking stuff i understand you now
1: yeah just keep cooking (laughs) Yeah. so Ethan was heard saying to one of his friends also at the crash like I'm Ethan Couch I'll get you uh, out of this like sure. you little smarmy piece of shit little Ugh. Uh, <laughs> no,
0: no one's dad your dad can't fix this fucking follow the rules
1: what's wrong with you right so Ethan was charged with four counts of intoxicated manslaughter and two counts of intoxicated assault oh. So the prosecutors went after him, and they wanted 20 years. And then when a psychologist was hired, uh, they determined Ethan was a product of affluenza. Affluenza. I I had to look it up, because at first I was like, influenza? Like, son got the flu, and that's why he's so stupid? Like, are you kidding me? I can't use cramps as an excuse, but this fucker can get the flu? Do Do
0: you mean affluenza- is that, like, because he was too spoiled kind of
1: bullshit? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what affluenza was. So affluenza is a social condition that arises from the desire to be more wealthy or successful. So basically, it's the inability for an individual to understand the consequences of their actions because they have more privilege or social status than the people around them. I hate it. So it's basically it. just being, like, a piece of shit. Yeah. But like, like, you just think you're better than everybody and you don't have to follow the rules. Well, And the the worst part, too,
0: is this started from, like, being such a young child. So he didn't – he wasn't – I mean, like, again, this is my whole spiel about, like, I'm not advocating for the the asshole. But it's, like, he – the kid was never given a chance because, like, from the get-go, his parents were like, yeah, don't worry. We'll get you out of anything. And then, like, he just kind of snowballed into worse and worse behavior. And he probably already had, like, small behavioral defects, like, whether that be some sort of – i i can't i'm not a doctor i can't diagnose but clearly mm-hmm. there's some sort of behavioral defects going on chemically and emotionally and then and then that his mm-hmm. parents were like his parents were like wow look there's problems i'm gonna put coal into it and keep keep stoking the fire <laughs> until, yeah until you get to your final evolution it's it's really it's like it's sad man
1: because now yep.
0: this kid has ruined a whole bunch of other people's lives
1: it's nature versus nurture
0: well, I think it's it's a case of both like yeah. they nurtured that
1: yep the psychologist determined that Ethan was a product of his parents che- teaching him that wealth buys privilege and to never say sorry just send them money so, Ethan was sentenced to a unspecified amount of time at an unspecified lockdown rehabilitation center. Uh, so, after. Also,
0: bought him out of that as well, basically.
1: Yep. Yeah, so, he actually ended up going to North State Texas Hospital, which has a daily rate of $715. So, he put in this hospital, but his parents negotiated and got this different settlement. So, they only paid uh, about $1,200 a month for him to be there.
0: Another thing, I'm sorry I keep interrupting you, but like another thing, like what did you call affluenza? Like even that term, it's like unfortunately, and this is the whole thing. It's like remember that motherfucker that raped that girl, and they were like, he has his whole career in front of him. Don't let this ruin it. Oh, that swimmer
1: fuckface, Brock yeah. Turner.
0: Yes, that that motherfucker. So that this, I feel like this is the same kind of thing where it was like he he was this like affluent young white kid and they're like this is gonna kind of ruin the rest of his life so what can we do to help keep him out of the worst possible position when if it was and i'm fully i'm just like running my mouth right now i don't know anything but i strongly feel like especially over in texas maybe maybe not i don't know i don't know leave me alone that if it was anyone of color, regardless of the bank account, I'm not sure, unless it was maybe, like, Jay-Z's
1: kid, Beyonce's kid. No, so the judge that actually resided over part of this case has been, like, questioned because, you know, she gave him such a lenient sentence, but then there was another case where she went after, like, a young black boy and sentenced him to 10 years for, like, something so fucking minor. Compared that's to, it. like, killing a it, bunch right? of people. Like, yeah, no, nice. like, so a judge in this case actually is under, like, scrutiny for that. So, so
0: truly the ideal example yeah. of systematic racism, basically. Yeah, whoa, like a hundo. Yeah. So
1: two years after this accident, uh, oh, Ethan's it. out on yeah. probation, and suddenly there's this twitter post that gets posted and it, in in the video that's in it looks like ethan is partying somewhere which is a complete mm-hmm. violation of his probation he's video also supposed buddy. to be in texas so like where are you partying on the beach in texas so it, it looks like he was playing like beer pong and partying and drinking so a warrant was wish, issued for his arrest when his probation officer couldn't get a hold of him uh-huh. They couldn't find him so this is when they found Ethan and his mother in fucking Puerto Vallarta. His mom. Because, oh yeah, his mom took him. So they were like out there and having like the time of their lives while well, he's supposed to be on like probation and learning a fucking lesson. So his mother was extradited and deported first. And her bail was set at a million dollars. And then they brought it down to 75000 which of course she was able to make.
0: Do they know they are creating a super villain?
1: Oh my God! Right, they're literally raising a villain.
0: This is this is what this is what that is. This this is like this is like Mister Freeze.
1: Oh, this is like or full Dr. on Freeze. just raising a beast. Yeah, sir, you don't get to run away to Mexico.
0: Fucking, absolutely not. Okay, sorry. Go.
1: So Ethan was held in Florida oh! like until... Yeah, pretty much. Like, okay. yeah, bad Batman i'm done now okay go ethan was deported back to the usa in january and then he was held in custody until his court hearing which was set in april Mm -hmm. so this is april of 2016 now and he got sentenced to four consecutive 180 day terms for the murder so only two years (laughs) and then blessed be the fruits that are the the legal system, he was released in April of 2018. So like literally two years. Oh my God. So he's currently out on probation. Uh his probation doesn't end until 2024, which is you like, like sir. Um like but you, like... he was he's like, are you kidding me? Four people and like yes. you took like you caused so much damage. You caused yeah. so much damage.
0: There are people, people of color that were selling marijuana to support their families and they have no, longer right. sentences and they're still in prison, even I though get it's mar-
1: legal. I uh, get marijuana off a fucking website and they deliver it to my house. But you're, you're, what? Yeah. Sir.
0: And you got two years for this. And, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, well, among other things, but things that are like the most incredibly lenient. Wow.
1: Yep, so he was, Ethan was rearrested. This is uh, really, ma- this is bad. This he is was rearrested. arrested terrible. Yeah. I told you I was going to bring it down a notch. Okay, he was re-arrested. I told you. I'm sorry, I'm so, so sorry. So he was, I'm, I, like, I'm
0: just like, I'm, I feel like, I feel like I've been just smacked.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to cover, no, I don't, don't want to say never, because like maybe one day I'll surprise the audience, but like lately I'm not going to cover anything fun. So he was rearrested in January of last year for violating his probation.
0: In twenty
1: twenty? Oh yeah, twenty twenty. Well,
0: I'm, I'm glad it was a bad year for him too, dumbass. And
1: he tested positive in THC, which he's not allowed because he's on probation. But then they released him because they couldn't really determine where the THC came from. So they just released mean? him again. Oh, they couldn't they couldn't like, decide if it came from like marijuana or like some sort of cannabinoid oil, which I guess is technically legal, or
0: like secondhand.
1: Yeah, they couldn't decide like where it came from, so they let him go. So basically, he's still out. Okay. And like, there's nothing comfy about this couch. <laughs> no. This is I, the uncomfy couch.
0: I hate that couch.
1: Yeah. So I thought you could bring it up, and then in the grand scheme, I would bring it down. But this is, like, for me personally, there is no there is no reason to drink and drive ever. You know what doesn't look cool? Being dead. You know what's cool? Balling out and splitting a fucking Uber XL for you and your friends. Splash out on a fucking pimp road. Are we allowed to say pimp? I said pimp.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I'm going to add, I just Googled this boy, this this man boy. Uh, yeah, he is uh, all sorts of fuck boy. Okay, so first of all, I don't like to come after your appearance because I feel like it's a really low level of insulting. It's like grasping.
1: If you're uh, a murderer, we can say whatever we want about how this sad fucking mall hot topic emo bitch looks.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Sh- we don't really care about this, and it is what it is. So y-
1: this boy has, like, the most... You went from, like, sad emo to, like, white fuck boy haircut. Yeah, well, he has, like, the most, like, first of all, like, yeah, like,
0: fucking My Chemical Romance 2006, like, black hair in the face and, like, <laughs> red neck beard. Yeah, the ginger beard. Yeah, and, and brother has, like, I don't want to say that. That's not true this person has like such m- weak features. What are you trying to prove, my dude? I guess everything. I don't know.
1: Everything and like, nothing at the same time. Like
0: I just I
1: don't like his face. <laughs>
0: no. Oh, no. and then yeah, he rolled over into the most like fuckboy haircut ever, but mind you the black the dyed black hair with the red beard. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then, like letting his hair grow out, you're like, "Oh shit, you are a ginger," which is fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. With it. There's nothing. That's not what I'm saying. But he he looks like the most discounted Draco Malfoy I've ever seen.
1: Oh my God! Dollar store Draco Malfoy.
0: No, he's knockoff. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. So,
1: <sighs> go to bed. That was me bringing it down a notch.
0: Oh my god, the picture of him when he's like a child in court. The oh, heck? I know, he's a literal, well, he's 16, he's a literal child. Well, no, this one was before, this is the DUI. Mm. Oh, maybe that was that one, you know, no, that was that one, because I was thinking of when he was caught with the younger girl.
1: No, oh, this no, is no, he this was just thing. given like a tickety thing.
0: No, this is the DUI. Fuck this kid, I'm putting this on the drive for you. Thank you. Face. I hate
1: your dumb face.
0: Tell me how you really feel
1: yeah now that's my that's my amazing case on the not so comfy couch and why money can't buy you happiness and if you ever feel the need to drink and drive just don't yeah fucking walk home it's 2021 we're too far in the future to be doing such dumb shit like drinking and driving or driving and texting there's no fucking need I it's
0: like my power move when someone I don't know what that says about me It's like my power move when someone texts me while I'm driving and I'm like, I'm not gonna answer that because I'm driving my car. I'm like da-da-da. I don't know why that I get off on that. I'm just like, nope.
1: My phone is always on silent. Like always on silent. So even if you text me, I'm like probably listening to a podcast and I don't care. Oh my God, I'm always listening to a podcast. (sighs) Or I'm staring at my phone in the face and I'm on it twenty four seven. There's two moods. Yep.
0: One but never while I'm driving one is jill creating content 24 7 on tiktok and or instagram and the other one is her phone is off or lost
1: yeah and Silent. by lost i
0: mean like in your bed somewhere hiding
1: it's usually on top of the fridge
0: oh that's good i didn't know you were tall enough to reach that uh i
1: am like one inch shorter than you when i don't hunch my dude <laughs> please <laughs> and thank you maybe that's a no hunch segue I just sat up straighter. I was like, wow, I called myself (laughs) out. I can feel my shoulders, like, not being up near my ears.
0: We're both now sitting up really straight and trying not to be (laughs) prawns. Even though you're wearing, like, a prawn-colored shirt, which is really fitting. Uh, It's
1: a sweatsuit, and I got it at an estate sale by the side of the road the other day. Thank you so much.
0: Stop. That's really cool. Yeah. My dog, because I have my arms out, my dog's like, what are you
1: doing? (laughs) Are you petting me? And now I have
0: to pet her. I've done this to myself.
1: Okay, well, good job. Do you have uh, any light notes to end on?
0: So the world record for the longest sofa, sorry, but it says sofa specifically, so I can't say couch, measured at 1,006.61 meters. So that's Dang. 3,302 feet and six inches. And that was achieved by... A person in Russia that I can't pronounce their name.
1: (laughs) Did you know a person sits on their couch for an average of four hours? And I want to know who did that, because it's definitely longer. It
0: was achieved by Belly in Russia. I used speech. Nice. On July 25th, 2014. What were you saying? You want to know about whom?
1: I have no idea who sat on the couch the longest oh no uh humans sit for an average of four hours a day on their couch and i was like that is a bold face lie and i know it four hours i sit on the couch for way longer I
0: never ever sit on this couch i only sit on my couch design it's for the dogs it's for my guests i don't sit on it I don't know if I sit in this chair. I, so, I guess I sometimes sit on it, but mainly I just like go lay in my bed and watch TV or play video games.
1: Oh, I'm always on the couch. The comfy couch. The big comfy couch. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. We did it. Uh, I guess, like, thanks for listening. That was a hoot. We're getting better. We're getting there. Questions, comments, or concerns? Peace. Feel free to email them to us at deepnerder at gmail.com or follow us on the Instagram page that I post on once a week, specifically, uh, at deepnerder.
0: And on that note, keep your dust bunnies under the couch. I don't know. They're your friends.
1: Who made this big mess? <laughs> it was us, and it was this podcast. Thanks yeah. for listening. It was the whole thing. Bye. Bye. Bye.